This is the Horse Radio Network. Sometimes bling can get a little out of control. When does it cross the line of classy or tacky? We'll discuss. Also this week, we have a pro super groom on the show, and she's going to share all of her secrets. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy happy hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Alex Wells. And I'm Courtney Carson. Welcome to episode 40 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Yay, I'm so happy to have you guys. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Feels good to be back on here. So as you guys know, this episode is brought to you by EcoGold, a leader in saddle pad innovation. And if you stick around for the next episode, I just got my first ever EcoGold hunter pad in the mail and I can't wait to ride in it. And I'm going to tell you all about it, but you have to wait till the next episode. But I'm so excited that we have Alex Wells back on the show. Uh, You guys should recognize her voice. But if you don't, Alex is a 26-year-old show jumper who's just as passionate about the NFL football as she is horses. She grew up in New York. She graduated from Florida Atlantic University while competing in Wellington. Wellie World is now her home for six months out of the year. And she has two dogs, which I'm obsessed with your dog's names, Alex. (laughs) Maisie and Crouton. And... (laughs) She shows on the show circuit with her professional Grand Prix riding husband, Andrew. So welcome back. Thank you so much. Feels good to be back on with you guys here. And you get to replace Jess with, you have very special news, right? You and Andrew are expecting? Yes, we are. I'm on sabbatical, as I'm calling it, from riding at the moment. And we are expecting a little girl in April. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So So fun. I know, it's crazy because... And you're it, technically heels down happy hour baby number two. <laughs> yes, just just was just had had Hudson at that point last year when I came on for the first time. So kind I know of circle of life happening here. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. And also speaking of Jess, so Courtney Carson is a 27 year old barn manager, and she's the head groom at Payne Equestrian. So basically, every time we have a question on heels down happy hour and we don't know the answer, Jess is furiously texting Courtney for the answer. (laughs) (laughs) And so Courtney is from St. Louis. She graduated with a sports journalism degree in 2015. She grew up fox hunting in a pony club, and she's competed through the intermediate level in eventing. And like Alex, outside of horses, her favorite thing is watching football and baseball. And she has a dog named Joey. So welcome, Courtney. Thank you guys for having me. I feel like I'm like a part of the family without ever actually having been here. So it's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm so excited to have both of you guys on the show. And since you both are into football, I am not, you know, I think of sports as all one thing with a ball and (laughs) with the Super Bowl coming up, I found like a sports inspired drink (laughs) to share with you. So um, this one is called the coin flipper and it actually is really pretty it's like yellow and blue colors it looks um very fruity but it's blueberry vodka with orange juice some simple syrup i'm going to mispronounce how this is said but blue carousel thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) um and you can uh, use an oil orange wheel for garnish it sounds pretty good to me i don't know are you guys vodka fans i mean normally i am (laughs) Not at the moment. Yeah, I'm benched right now from Bob. <laughs> I'm just going to say if it's blue and yellow, go Rams. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you guys. So <laughs> exactly. Care about football. Like, who do you want to win? Do we know who could win? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't keep in touch. I mean, I, I definitely would, would favor the Rams in the situation, given that I'm a Jets fan and I'm tired of seeing the Patriots win. So. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the Rams to do it. Yeah. Well, and they were in St. Louis when I was a little kid. So that was, it was my first football game. And even though they're in LA now, so it's kind of like my original team prior to green Bay. There we go. All right. So go Rams. We endorse the Rams. (laughs) (laughs) Doug's never coming back on the show. (laughs) Sorry, Doug. (laughs) All right, Alex. So getting back into news, I'm sure you remember this from when you were on the show last, but why don't you kick us off? 
kind of in light of the last time I was on, a big topic that had come up was, in addition, a new division at the Hunter Jumper Shows, which was going to be an amateur jumper division, in addition to the already existing amateur owner jumper division, that would allow amateurs that maybe leased horses or didn't own their own horses to compete and not have to do an open class or a professional division. And it seems like that hasn't really caught on very much at all since that all was conceived. And I don't know if it's like a time schedule thing or what, but I just thought it was very interesting that, you know, there was a whole lot of talk about it. And then not not a single horse show I attended last year had it available for anybody to compete in. Really? Wow. Because I remember when this came out, it was, it was kind of controversial. I was surprised. It just seems like a better option, more options for amateurs is, is good news to me. But why do you think uh, do horse shows just didn't have the interest? Is that why it wasn't like on the class list or? You know, I, I, if I had to guess, I haven't, you know, asked any show managers, but I would guess that it's more of a time schedule issue more than anything else because uh-huh. they already struggle with entries to get days done. And maybe they just thought they didn't have time to add a new division is all I can really come up with. Because to me, a lot of people, even though it was controversial, a lot of people were excited about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I imagine if it was popular, we would be hearing more about it. Like you said, like, it's kind of interesting how it's just fizzled out. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Well, and I wonder, too, um, if jumpers could do it a little bit like the event world does, where if you have to compete in an open division because you're leasing a horse or you're riding somebody else's horse, if you're declared an amateur, you could still get amateur points for the end of the year, but then they don't have to run a separate class just for that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like you'll have, say they only want run one preliminary division at this event. Your professionals might win first, second, and third, and your amateur is fourth. They're not going to get a first place and a fourth place ribbon, but on their results in the USCA database, it'll show fourth place and then amateur placings first. And that goes towards all the year end awards and all the placings as far as that is concerned. Oh, wow. That's really nice. I kind of wish they would do that for us. Right. So it was just when I was reading into it more, I don't know, it just to me, that has always made sense in the event world. And I'm new to the hunter jumper world that way and figuring out all of those rules. And so I just didn't know it was done differently until I started working here. Yeah, totally. No, that's, I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense. I don't really know why it's not simpler like that. We will get to the bottom of it. I'll figure it out. (laughs) Hills down happy hour investigation crew. (laughs) What about you, Courtney? What do you got for news? So for me, because when I was riding and competing, I had a lot of thoroughbreds. So I kind of followed that a bit. And the Thoroughbred Racing Protective Bureau, they are disbanding the ideas of lip tattoos starting in 2020. And so they're going to go to microchips as far as identification forms for thoroughbreds that were born in 2018 moving forward. And it's going to eliminate lip tattoos in the long run, which there's a lot of debate about whether or not this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Looking at repurposing thoroughbreds as sport horses, I think it's a great idea because now all your USEF competitions are requiring microchips for points to count. So these thoroughbreds are one step closer, and then you're also not dealing with faded lip tattoos when you're trying to find breeding information, you know, ages, pedigrees, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting. So what was, why, why were people against it? I mean, that seems to make a lot of sense to me. It seems to me that a lot of people think that there's going to be issues with scanners dying, like in the paddocks Uh-oh. and delays of races. Uh-huh. And then you also have a lot of the advocates to stop the slaughterhouses and stop kill pens are worried that more horses are going to slip under the radar. But I would think it's easier to scan a microchip than to try to decipher a lip tattoo because tattoos can be altered just by tattooing over it to lie about oh, the horses. Oh, totally. So, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. 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 And I so. guess... I mean, I think I see like probably 15 posts a day in OTTB Connect of somebody taking a really terrible photo, trying to pull their poor horse's lip up to be like, can you help me read this tattoo? You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh yeah. And all the tricks of like, put it in a dark wash stall with a flashlight and go find a black light <laughs> to read it. I'm like, I don't have a black light handy. <laughs> I know it's crazy. So this totally makes sense, but interesting. Yeah. So. Interesting. All right. So my news per usual is a little outrageous, but I totally feel for this woman. (laughs) So I found this story in the horse and hound about this lady, Linda, 
who um, is really tired of strangers feeding her horses a bunch of junk. Um, and it's it's not really her, you know, no one's fault. It's like people see horses in the field and they're walking by and they feed them a carrot or something like that. But this poor lady has had to call the vet with her horse like suffering choke and dealing with all kinds of problems, like health issues, because the horse is just being fed all kinds of junk. You know, what a nightmare for any like horse person, right? So... This poor lady. So she keeps saying she has regular visitors like one last summer and six people. And she just remembers one time last summer where six people came to feed her one horse. And that just that seems like a lot. Right. That's crazy. And you never know what people would feed your horse. You know, like I've seen, you know, people who have no horse experience trying to give it a cupcake or you know what I mean? Like people just walking by and that can cause serious problems. Have you guys ever dealt with something like that? Like people at a horse show, like trying to feed your horse just because they're walking by? Yeah, totally. I mean, you there will be times where, not often, but there have been times where I'll kind of, you know, either go do night check after a, a night, a Grand Prix that ha- took place at night or where there are people around and they're kind of just perusing the aisles and sticking their hands in, in between the bars saying hello to the horses. And like, I mean, for me... My own horse, who's older, I mean, he doesn't have stomach issues or anything, but he bites. So I'm like, not only is this a a danger to my horses, but now there's liability involved because these random people are sticking their fingers in between the the bars. And, you know, all it takes is one little chomp and you never know what's going to happen on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it just it just amazes me. Because you wouldn't walk by and feed someone's dog if it's in their yard. I mean, typically. So I don't know why people think it's okay to feed horses versus other pets. And I mean, not that necessarily ours are pets, but yeah, at horse shows, especially, I always am wary of random people walking up and down the barn aisle because I never know what they're carrying that they think is safe for horses that could be really harmful. Absolutely. And what a nightmare. Cause then it's not only like the health of your horse, but it's the vet bill you have to pay for something stupid or geez, scary. Or even, God forbid, somebody feeds something to your horse that in some random realm tests positive for something that's banned. And Oh, I was just thinking yep. that. I was like, I don't want to say it, but it's, it's there. <laughs> it totally. Happen. Someone's like, here, have some of my iced coffee. I mean, who knows? You know? <laughs> right, right. With Splenda yeah. in it. And yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So for more news and commentary, you guys should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, which is Heels Down Magazine's weekday email newsletter. This week, we're doing something super fun. It's a promotion we're calling Bloggers Week, and we picked out five super cool bloggers that are partnering with us for this promotion, and they're writing articles for us that are exclusively in the brief. So uh, you have to sign up to get them, and they're taking over our Instagram so you can learn more about them throughout the week. Uh, so sign up at bit.ly slash hdbrief. All right. Well, since we've got Courtney and Alex on the show, I thought it would make sense to talk about your guys' grooming habits, especially you, Courtney, since you do this for a living. And I know Shapley's has been a company that's been making horse grooming products for years, like I think 80 plus years, you know. And what I think of when I think of Shapley's is MTG. But do you have a favorite Shapley product that just like you use all the time. Yeah, I love the MTG, which actually I'm so overwhelmed at times that, you know, I didn't even realize that it was a Shapley's product. It's always just been MTG to me, but I love their color spray. And it's one of those, it never fails. You're out of horse show or something big like that. And your horse has rubbed some hair off in the trailer on the way there or found something in their stall and you know all of a sudden you're seeing pink or gray skin instead of their beautiful coat and so the color spray comes in four different colors it stays on in wet conditions and in mud you know it's not going to go away like I've had to scrub it off before and it's great because it comes in black chestnut dark brown white like and you can blend the colors if you need to for certain things it is a lifesaver especially at my big horse shows and then I love the high gloss as like a finishing spray and I use it on my quarter marks that I love doing so much because it really makes them pop and I'll do it like in their tails and on their braids just to give them a bit of that extra sheen right before we go into the show ring. That's awesome. Ooh, that's good to know. I've never even thought of like a color spray like that, but I 
I could totally see how it's like a lifesaver at a horse show. I've only used MTG. And like you like you said, Courtney, I've never I never even thought to like know what the company's name was. But it's good to know it's Shapley's. Um, and I've just always used it on my I have a thoroughbred who when I bought him, he had a tail that like barely went past his rump, you know. So I've been trying to grow it out over the last year and a half. And the, the only thing that really works and works fast is MTG. It's amazing. I I will say the only thing is the smell drives me crazy, right? You know what I'm talking oh, about? I have to use gloves when I use it or else I feel like I'm, I've cooked bacon and stuck my hands in the grease for the rest of the day. Right. I know. I was going to say it smells like a barbecue, like fire, like a grill barbecue. <laughs> and it sticks with you forever. <laughs> the way you're describing it doesn't sound bad. <laughs> I know there are worse smells. Right. And, um, and it works. It works on all kinds of stuff. I know my barn owner uses it on her dog, like for skin condition is- issues. It clears up rain rot super fast, scratches, anything like that. And it takes like two to three days. It's like amazing how fast it works. I was going to say, especially in, I mean, in South Florida, we deal so much with, you know, scratches and trying to stay on top of that. And, you know, it's something like I, I, to add to the repertoire, because it's one of those things, like everybody knows about MTG and loves it, but you kind of forget about certain products if you don't use them. And it's just a good thing to have in your arsenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the best. So continuing on, uh, in, in anticipation of having you guys on, Courtney, I think you're the first groom we've ever had on the show because people sent in a million questions for you. I think they want you to, like, cure all their grooming <laughs> problems. <laughs> oh. So, But one question that I thought would be great for you, too, Alex, since I know the horse that you show show on is a little bit older. One of our listeners asked for us to discuss tips on caring for a senior horse. Like, are there any tips you have for leg and joint care versus nutrition? Um, Because I know you're still, uh, up until recently, um, you've been competing him, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he is um, 17 this year. And I say that, but he's an old 17 because really he was meant to retire with his injuries like four or five years ago, but knock on wood, we managed to keep him going, jumping meter 30 and below for me and the amateurs, which has been great because before that he was a Grand Prix horse and he just wasn't sound enough to continue that career. But I will say, I mean, in terms of general care, even just joints and all of that aside, like little things like not letting him go more than a day without being ridden because the more he moves, the sounder he is. And icing and wrapping him every time he jumps, even if it's Cavaletti's, even just, you know, people think, oh, don't jump them, you know, when they're not working. And for me, I've actually found that if I can jump him, even if it's small, once every other week, and when he's not, you know, in competition, he actually stays a lot looser and a lot sounder. But with that being said, too, like, he's an older horse, we pick and choose the show schedule, you know, he's not going to show more than two weeks in a row ever. He'll show maybe two classes in a week and have a day in between to rest. It's just managing them, I think, at least in this situation. You know, he had soft tissue injuries. And, you know, again, he, you know, we give him anti-inflammatories when we can. And, you know, we, we baby him to some extent. But I just think that if you're kind of on top of managing how much they do, but also keeping them fit enough and, and happy, I think they can really go for a lot longer than you anticipated. Absolutely. Courtney, do you have anything to add to that? Like anything that you're mindful of? Yeah. I mean, really like she's probably better at this than I am. Cause we're pretty lucky. Like we don't really have anything older in our barn right now. Um, but I would definitely say like, my thing would be, you want to make sure that you save their big jumps for when it's important. Like these guys know their jobs typically, so they don't need to practice big jumps all the time and, and really just listen to them. You know, they're going to tell you when they need to start slowing down or you really need to pay attention to like, do they need to be fitter, you know, kind of just listening to them. And really, as far as the nutrition side goes, I mean, I would just make sure that you, that they really have a palatable feed, you know, whether you're switching them to senior completely or mixing it in a bit sooner than you would think, because you just really want to make sure that you're taking care of them from the inside out, you know, and that does start with, you know, their grain and their hay and stuff like that. So, and paying attention to when maybe you need to cut back the forage and go to something more of like bran mash beet pulp type. Um, but I would also say, make sure you have a good relationship with your vet who's going to help you take care of this horse and that you guys all have a conversation 
you know, and you're all on the same page when it comes to them because they'll try for you until they can't. And you want to make sure that they can for as long as possible. Absolutely. All good points. So one of our more popular episodes was back when we, I think it was like the, it was titled uh, Horses of Walmart. And we shared all our tips on like really good grooming hacks that you can skip the expensive horse product and just get off the grocery store aisle. And Courtney, I was wondering if you had any products that you love that you substitute from the grocery store that work just as good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my biggest thing is definitely my shampoos. Like I do not let Doug and Jess spend money on the expensive equine versions of shampoos because I, we have 27 horses in our barn and we wash legs and tails every day. And if it's warm enough, my guys get full baths. Like I love having clean horses and my horses love being dirty in the sand and Aiken. So it's a great relationship. So we buy a ton of like the knockoff brand head and shoulders to help treat dry skin, to help with their tails. Um, I go through a ton of ivory soap, um, especially treating like preventing leg funk, I guess would be more what I would use it for. Cause obviously you have to get some kind of, you know, steroid shampoo or antifungal shampoo if it does start. Um, and then I am in love with like the cheap VO five conditioner. That's 90 cents a bottle. And Ooh. especially huh. for any of my gray horses, cause I'm whitening their tails every other day. I load up with the cheap conditioner and let it sit for 10 minutes. And it's the only reason I don't fry my gray's tails. Wow. I never uh, would have thought of that. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, oh my gosh, I love like good cheap barn towels that are like $2 a piece. Cause like I said, I'm always bathing. So having good barn towels is a big thing. Um, and you can never have enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you think you have enough, buy five more. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and probably my other like really big hack is, um, I use a lot of Vaseline or petroleum jelly. You know, you can buy the off brand. And then I use the BB Super Grow for a lot of stuff. Um, like if I'm in a place where, you know, I don't really want to use the MTG because it's going to smell up my whole barn aisle. Or if I was bad and I forgot my MTG because that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, the BB Super Grow will treat blanket rubs. It'll help in manes and tails if something's been rubbed out. You can use it in replace of bit butter. Um, which I know a lot of people prefer just a bit butter, but I use Vaseline for that as well. And then I use Vaseline, like if they have boot rubs and we're going cross country schooling. So I have to put boots on as opposed to polo wraps. So those are two things that I keep a lot of in the barn and you just buy them at Walmart. And so that's great. And then I will say after your guys's episode, I went and stocked up on, um, some Desident and Vagisil because those were Did two you? things I'd never <laughs> thought of having in my barn before. Oh my and Doug will not buy them if he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, to back up a minute, Courtney, I think a lot of a lot of people ask this question too. They wanted to know how you got into being a groom because obviously you were a rider too. And can you talk about how you um, transitioned and, you know, is it difficult going from being a rider to a full-time groom? Yeah. Um, so I actually did my first working student position. I was going to school in Roanoke, Virginia, and I ended up at this farm, Sandy River Equestrian Center, which is managed and run by Sam Henley. And she had groomed for David way back in the day, like 2000, 2002. And so that kind of sparked the interest in grooming for me because I learned a lot of that side and the horse management from her. I learned a lot from her in my riding as well, but more so the horse management. And so kind of went through a couple other working student positions, went home, like sold hunt horses on my own for a bit. And then it kind of came down to I had a really cool horse and I needed to find a way to pay for it. And so went and interviewed at a couple of places and I was like staring around at the four walls in this office building. And I was like, there's no way I could do this every day. Um, and I had seen an ad on Facebook actually about a show jumper in New York state looking for somebody. And so I went up and I did a month long trial with her and found that I really loved the grooming and didn't actually miss riding as much as I thought that I would. And I had found a situation for my horse lease out for a year and was really enjoying it. And I was like, okay, well I could do this for a year, but I really missed the eventing. And it was just kind of like the stars aligned and Doug and Jess had posted something on Facebook and 
I knew Jessica from when I was working for Jan Benny and Aiken years ago. And I sent them a Facebook message and Jessica was like, oh my gosh, please call me tomorrow. And so 10 days later, I was in my truck driving to Aiken with everything I owned and my dog. And um, yeah, I just, I liked it enough that I had a discussion with them and we decided that we should sell my horse. You know, it just made sense financially and I haven't looked back. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been almost three years. It's crazy. So you don't miss riding that much. I mean, I'm sure you still get to ride a little bit, right? Yeah, I get to ride some. Um, but when it was 23 degrees this morning and I had to put on riding breeches instead of jeans and my snow Ooh. pants, I was like, this is why I'm a groom. <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I would get really nervous. Like, I was great through the preliminary level, but I would get really, really nervous trying to run intermediate, especially in the show jumping. And so... For me, this was a way to be at the top of the sport. You know, it's a great program. Doug and Jess are amazing. It's a fantastic group of horses. And my nervousness doesn't go into the show ring. I get to stand at the side of the arena and cry, and it's fine. (laughs) Aw, that's awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, that's how I'm here. So now you have all this, like, all of this amazing knowledge, though, that you can share with us. Uh, So going back to your grooming hacks, is there, um, do you have a best, like any tips to get a horse's legs clean and dry for boots or polos during the mud season? Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is I clip legs. I know a lot of people go back and forth about it. Even if the horses are turned out 24 seven, I found that that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, or even if you can't fully clip them, like at least make sure that you clip, you know, the feathers and the long hair kind of coming down the back of the tendons and stuff, because the less hair you have, the easier it's going to be to get to them and to get them dry and to treat any type of fungus scratches, or even just to see normal cuts and abrasions that they have from living in the field. And I would say that if your horse, you know, you choose to have them outside or they have to live outside because of your situation, you know, I would bring them in. I would tell dry their legs really initially, like when you first put them in the cross ties, then do all your tacking and your other grooming. Um, And then this is where like, I go back to, I keep a ton of baby powder in the barn as well. And so if you're still worried that the legs are damp, you can just baby powder them like crazy and baby powder your boots. I would probably advise to only use boots if your horse's legs are going to be damp, just because you don't want the polar wraps to get soggy and shift and pull on their legs in a weird way. Um, But that's kind of about the best that you're going to get. You know, we love the wolf brushing boots and yeah, because they're just, they're neoprene, they're easy to clean. You know, if they're not that dirty, you can spray them out with that dust spray that I use and tell everyone about and just kind of wipe (laughs) them out. Or if they're muddy, you can just take a little bit of ivory soap and scrub them, whether with a grooming mitt or a brush, and then you can hang them dry. And if they don't dry, you can take them home and chuck them in the dryer. And they're pretty tough. Like they're going to hold up to a bunch. So that's what I use when it's really wet and it works really well, you know, or if you're jumping, you have just open fronts type of thing. I stick to pretty much all neoprene boots, not anything leather that's going to crack and get really gross. So totally speaking of wet and muddy, I have to ask you, what about hoof care in wet weather? Because that seems to be something that everybody has to deal with at some point. And it's hard to manage their feet when they get wet like that. And you know, thrush. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it throws, turns into, you know, like throwing shoes left and right. That's totally. the biggest nightmare. Um, this is where my barn towels are so handy. So <laughs> if you come in, like just wipe their, you know, towel dry their legs and then try to get any excess water off of their feet. And then, you know, we use, um, farriers fix every day on all of our horses on both like the, you know, outer part of their hoof and then on their sole. And if, you know, Tough Stuff works, Rainmaker works, any type of those product do a really good job. You want to make sure that it's something that's going to seal the feet, not condition them because conditioning them is just going to make them hold moisture and become softer. Um, And you can do Tough Stuff, all of that stuff on the soles of their feet as well. And if you start to see any type of thrush, like pick your horse's feet out daily, just I would immediately go get Thrush Buster or... um, there's a cattle supplement called tomorrow. That's actually for udders that we use a lot of, and it'll dry all of that out really, really quickly. Um, and then too, like after you bathe your horse, I towel dry all my horse's legs and their feet because I don't want any of that excess water sitting there and hanging around and making their feet wet and gross. 
Interesting. Yeah. Right. Now, what, have, what about horse boots, like, after they're used? Like, say they come back from cross-country and they're wet or muddy. Like, is there a way to care for them? I know, like you said, leather is going to fall apart eventually, no matter how well you take care of them. But do you have tips? Yeah. Um, I mean, I make sure, I mean, obviously we have a bunch of horses coming in, so I've got, you know, all 15 sets of boots that come in in a day, but I match everything, make sure that it's left and rights and sizes and brands are all the same. And then I just go to the wash rack and I sit there with a bucket of water and ivory soap and a scrub brush. And I just scrub everything down. Um, I try my hardest to hang dry everything because throwing them in the dryer, then all the Velcro sticks together and they pull on each other and, that just wears them out quicker. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just really trying to get all the gunk out of the insides is going to keep them from cracking and disintegrating faster. And then, like I said, if you just flat your horse for the day and your boots don't get that gross, you know, you can take a damp towel and wipe them off and rematch them um, or anything of the sort, you know, or if you're worried, like if you're using them from horse to horse, I'll typically spray them down with the alcohol spray just to prevent anything from transferring from horse to horse. Because that's where a lot of people, I think, skip that step. And then the next thing you know, your one horse that had leg funk is now on six or seven different horses because you've used the same set of boots without cleaning them. So that's like a big thing for me in the barn is make sure everything gets at least wiped down between horses. Good point. I never would have thought of that either. Like you think after, oh, they dried, they're fine, but nope, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in Aiken or in Florida, because it's like that stuff never dies, unfortunately. No. no. So I do have a more like personal question that has nothing really to do with horses, but I see. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. Maybe it's wisdom you can impart on Alex as she gets closer to becoming a mom. But I see pictures of you all the time with Hudson. So uh, do the paints make you, like, watch the baby, too, on top of them? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, it was so funny. Like, when I came to them, I was like, I do not like kids. And so when Jess told me she was pregnant, I was like, I don't think you guys want me anywhere near your child. Like, there's no telling where we're going to end up. And actually, I mean, he's the best kid ever. So now I take him. I'm like, okay, the working students can have the horses. I'm going to go play with the baby. Bye. Aww. <laughs> um, but no, so it's great. There's this one picture we're at an event and Doug had like three horses in one division. And so we're all running around like crazy and we had to go straight from the show jumping to the cross country and he had to show jump the three and then like cross country, the three in reverse order. And I'm walking to the ring, pushing Hudson and leading the two five-year-old Irish horses. And I'm like, baby wrangling and it's fine. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm like winning awards right here. (laughs) That's too funny. Um, yeah which it's it's fine until like we meet people and Jess is off teaching clients or riding or doing something and I'm the one who walks up like we had a maintenance guy show up the other day and I'm pushing Hudson around trying to get him to take a nap while Doug's riding his last couple and I looked up and I was like hi how's it going and he's like oh hello Mrs. Payne and I was like not quite but thank you (laughs) oh my gosh I was like, no, not married to my boss, but thanks. <laughs> that awkward That's moment. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Alex, because I know, like, obviously you're you're going to have a baby soon. Do you guys have a plan? Because I know um, Andrew travels, obviously, with the show circuit, and you guys are in New York, and you're in Kentucky, and then you're in Wellington. Do you plan to kind of, move? you know, be, stick right along with the tour, you know, with your baby? I mean, that's our plan, you know, like I'm due the beginning of April and okay. I mean, I say this from my mouth to God's ears, like as long as everyone, everything goes well, like essentially I'll be going straight to Spruce Meadows from Florida with an infant and hoping for the best. I mean, there are so many people that have kids and babies and, you know, I think they're super parents. They're able to do everything and the kids are happy and well-adjusted and, you know, they travel from a young age. So I think that they adjust and I'm, I'm hoping that that's the same for us. Um, <laughs> you know, within reason, um, you know, we, we're also trying to be smart about picking horse shows where, you know, we're not moving somewhere new every week, you know, maybe we're somewhere for two or three weeks at a time just to make logistics a little bit easier to start out. Sure. You have, sense. you have to get the Bob stroller. You've got to talk to Jessica and get the Bob stroller if you don't have something already. Cause it is a lifesaver. You I can put like the car seat in the top of it when they're little and then it'll flip around and it's the best off-road stroller ever. 
Like we took it to Europe with us and that's, there's pictures of Jessica walking the cross country and like pushing Hudson up this giant mound and brands. <laughs> that's amazing. I need yeah. to buy it immediately. <laughs> yeah. It goes everywhere with us. It's pretty funny that you have stroller recommendations, Courtney, for someone who doesn't like kids. <laughs> Things I never thought I would be able to give advice on ever. <laughs> so for stroller advice. I, li- I like it. I like it. <laughs> So guys, we are taking Hillsdown Happy Hour into real life. It's not just on the radio waves on the podcast. Patricia De Silva, who is our president and CEO at Hillsdown Magazine, we've hosted two real life happy hours, one in Wellington after the um, Equestrian Businesswomen Summit. And now she's hosting another one in London after Beta, the Equestrian Trade Show out in London. So we're asking you, where should we host a real life happy hour next? Uh, if we could come to you, would you want to have a cocktail with us. So send us an email or you can reply in our Facebook group at the Heelstone Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. We want to hear from you. All right, guys. So next up, um, I want to, this is going to be a fun game since uh, Courtney, you're in the eventing world. Uh, Alex, you're in the show jumping world. I've ridden mostly in hunters, but um, Wendy, one of our writers here at Heelstone Mag wrote this really funny piece recently for the website about when equestrian style and attire kind of like blurs that line of tacky or classy, when is it too far? So I wanted <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys like if you have a preference of like out of all the fashion trends you've seen, like I know adventures can wear a little bit more color. Uh, they you know they can have a little bit more style that way, and I still you know it's jumpers too, but they tend to be more traditional I feel like but are is there something that you've seen in the show ring that you just know you would go no no way I'd never wear that definitely (laughs) (laughs) you know you see someone with a completely bejeweled helmet or like a completely bejeweled collar on their coat and again this is not putting down people that use these themselves but coming out a traditional you know school of riding myself and especially my husband who rode with, you know, at Hunterdon under George Morris, it's like sacrilege. So yeah, be more <laughs> subdued, white, everything, yeah. no color. <laughs> so I, I covered the U S HJA annual meeting that happened to be in Tampa, which is where I'm from last month. And one of the big like discussions that people got really heated about was a rule change to possibly allow maroon and like plum colored coats in the hunters and the Eck. And people went nuts, like on both sides of this issue. I was so surprised. Personally, I like it. I think it's pretty. I still think it's like a traditional, you know, nothing like a subtle color, but it's nice. But people were crazy on both sides of the, like, wanting to support it and then also totally against it. And I, what do you think? Like, do you guys, I like Plum. What do you think? Beautiful. <laughs> I really like it, actually. Me too. I just think it's so funny that, you know, like, just one specific shade can cause such an uproar in our sport. Well, and I think, I mean, for me, it's a dark, solid color. Yeah, it it still is very conservative. It's not like you're telling them they can come in and light gray, you know, coats or bright blue coats, which we see a lot of in the show jumping and I think looks fine. But they're wanting to keep the hunters more traditional and conservative. It's still a dark color. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, not well, I guess it is long ago, but in theory, not too long ago, rust breaches were a thing. And that's (laughs) different from rust. Good point. That is a really good point. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Do you have any tips like, or, or do you guys have any like routines when you're picking out like a new turnout style for you and your horse or like what you think would play best in the ring? You know, cause obviously a judge can make a decision too, you know, based on your turnout. So for eventing, obviously like you can have a lot of fun on the cross country for me. I mean, I'm very conservative. Um, not probably quite as bad as a couple of people but you know I like things to be solid colors like if you're gonna do color I would prefer it's trim I'm not opposed to like the colored collars or the colored points on tails or shad bellies but the one thing that I see that drives me crazy is when people bring their colored bonnets into the dressage arena like cross country I have no problem with it show jumping I have no problem with it 
And I think that it's something I learned taking over the professional grooming role because you've got to think of how to best present your horse because this is the only subjective part of eventing. And so if your bonnet has a lot of color or a lot of bling or your brow band has a lot of bling, you better hope that your horse's head is completely steady. Because if not, every time your horse's head moves just a little bit, the judge is going to see that. And so instead of getting a seven or a seven and a half, you're probably going to get a five. And that's what your, that's what their comments are going to say is unsteady, unsteady, unsteady. So it's not cheating the system. It's just using it to your advantage is how I kind of see it. It's the same thing as wearing white gloves. You don't want to wear white gloves if your hands aren't going to be perfectly still and out in front of you and maintaining a, you know, direct contact the entire time. Like I would never wear white gloves. I'm totally okay with admitting that. (laughs) That's so interesting. I never would have even thought of from that perspective. Me either. That's, uh, I mean, that's like definitely a groom's attention to detail to, to notice that, but that makes total sense to me. Totally, totally. I mean, are there any other fashion gripes or anything, any new fashion trends that you're seeing that are becoming cool that you like or don't like? The one thing that I've seen more of, and I I wouldn't say like, you know, on in big Grand Prix, but I'm seeing a lot of these like hybrid breeches that are kind of half breeches, but also half kind of athletic wear. They look like they're workout pants, but they're not workout pants. They're riding pants. Yeah. And there are no belt loops. It's literally just like tights, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, have seen more of those, too. Yeah. Are you into those? Would you wear them? I mean, I was curious. And I, when I was still, you know, riding, actually, it was right before I found out I was pregnant. I had purchased a pair because I'm like, those look really comfortable. And for at home, you know, it's a bit more casual. It's like, okay because you can't really tuck your shirt into it. That's the only thing. So like for people that, you know, at the horse show, we like to have our shirts tucked in and whatever. It's maybe not super ideal, but I think for at home, it's kind of a fun alternative to just your everyday um, breach and maybe gives a break to your, you know, like I have my show breaches that I try not to wear day to day to save them. So they look nice for the show ring. And it's just, an, and they're actually, they're a bit cheaper as well to buy. Yeah, I've noticed that too. We've uh, we've reviewed a couple of different pairs on the show before. And what I like about them is they have like the cool side leg pocket, you know, like like yoga pants have now where you could still yeah. ride and have your phone in your pocket and it's not you're not going to hurt your phone while you're riding. But then I feel like I can take off my riding boots and put like Vans on and go to the store and not look ridiculous. You know what oh. I mean? <laughs> yes. So, so I do like them. But like, like you said, I don't think I would like wear them at a horse show or at a clinic or anything. It's sort of like your informal wear at right. the barn. So, uh, so Patricia, like I mentioned before, she's at Beta, which is in London, which is a trade show for a bunch of equestrian brands. And so she's been posting all of these crazy runway fashion pictures from, um, from the show. And one of the things that she posted was they had like a, an equestrian model wearing a helmet and it had like a, a color cover over it but with this big giant like pom-pom on like poofy pom-pom on the top and it looks very childish but I don't know would you guys wear a pom-pom on your helmet oh man I, th- I don't think I could I think I did at games rally and pony club when I was eight <laughs> yeah actually me too and pony club I did have a pom-pom yeah all right I feel like it's acceptable at pony club age you know <laughs> so. I think that's I think that's the, the underlying uh <laughs> here we're gonna have all these like 40 year olds in the horse masters club saying well heels down told me i could wear it (laughs) 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 thank god i'm just a guest (laughs) so funny all right so it's time for rose and thorn alex i hope you remember in courtney hopefully you've heard about it or listened enough that you know what rose and thorn is right i do i do know what rose and thorn is all right well do you guys need a minute to come up with your best and worst parts of your week I think I'm good. I think I could probably, I could safely come up with some here real quick. All right. Courtney, why don't you start and then Alex will have you go. Okay. So my rose for this week is, it's kind of, they're both kind of a bit the same, but my rose is that a couple of girlfriends and I are headed to a concert later this evening. And so I never get to do normal people activities. So I'm really excited about this. It's my first concert in like four years. 
And then I'm getting to do this because the bosses are on vacation. But that is my thorn because they're in the Dominican where it's 85 degrees. And it's been 20 (laughs) degrees in Aiken the last two days. So they're going to go hand in hand this week. But two pretty cool things. So... Where you, what concert is it? Who are you going to see? Um, we're going to go see Panic at the Disco. The oh, girl that was a, yeah, she was a working student for me for a year and a half. And it's like her Christmas and 21st birthday present. And then another girl that's down riding with us for the winter is a big fan. So it was kind of fun. We just got tickets at the last minute. And yeah, it should be a good night out. I'm excited. That's awesome. That sounds super fun. That is awesome. What about you, Alex? So I guess my rose would be I mean, it's the beginning of WEF and that's always, it's, I always kind of equate it to, you know, like first week of school, like it's really fun. Everybody's back into full swing and the horses are going after a big break and it's really fun to kind of be back into the swing of things. However, my thorn is that it's definitely making me miss riding a lot more than I was before we were back in full show mode. So it's a little bit of, you know, the carrot on the string in front of my face a little bit, but. Aw. The end is near. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be here before you know it. Holy moly. Yes. What about you? Ugh, I don't know. This is a hard one. Actually, so I saw a video, Courtney. uh, I'm going to make this my rose just because... I I love Jess that much. I saw that she <laughs> she went to her first horse show in two years, right? She, she was, did. She killed it. She was I awesome. saw. I saw the video. She looked awesome. Like she never missed a beat, you know, yeah. it was just back riding like like it was nothing. And I was so excited for her. So that's my rose, because I miss her. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. Oh, I have a good thorn, but it it's a thorn, but it's also kind of a rose. I'm I'm bad at this game every time. So it's your game. <laughs> I, I do this every time. But so um so I was I was on vacation last week. I was skiing in Utah and r- literally right like the day before we were we had to leave, someone sideswiped my truck and like ripped off my side view. And I was so mad. It was the I bought this truck brand new. It's the first car I've ever bought brand new in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and thank God it was only the mirror, you know, like they it was probably somebody texting and I was I live I live in a downtown city which is stupid for, that I drive a truck in a downtown area. So I par- I had to parallel park, but gosh darn it, I was in my space. The the truck was not sticking out at all and some idiot hit my car and ripped off my side view mirror and I was devastated for like 48 hours before I had to leave for this trip. And I was freaking out thinking like Am I going to have to pay my car insurance deductible? What am I going to do? I don't want to spend all this money on just a mirror. And I got crafty and just bought a random mirror off the internet. Um, And I put it on my car all by myself. And it still hasn't fallen off. And all the lights and everything work (laughs) on it. Oh, that's exciting, though. That's impressive. I'm I know I'm impressed with my own ability that I made I put I took off the broken one and you know screwdrived everything and plugged everything in and got the new one on there and so far it looks like nothing ever happened that I have a functioning brand new mirror so fingers crossed it doesn't just like fall off on the side of the road when I'm trailering the horse this weekend so which is possible so minor detail it's fine here's hoping it lasts <laughs> All right, so we do have a mailbag from Kathy in our Facebook group, and um, I thought this was an interesting question for both of you guys, like with your different perspectives to weigh in. So I'm going to read it, and I'm curious to hear what you say. So Kathy says, what made you come to the realization that you should sell your horse? Not one that you bought as a project, but one that you bought with the intention of keeping it for the long haul. I'm having horse mom doubts, and I'm not sure if I should just learn to be a better horsewoman and rider, or if it's the horse that's the problem. Oh, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. And it's an emotional decision, right? That's hard. I think especially when you're an amateur and maybe you work full time and, you know, the time you get, whatever time you get riding is precious, you know, you really want to be enjoying it. If it's a situation where you're just really not happy and you think, okay, maybe I've made a mistake and I'm not a total match with this horse. It's not super compatible. Maybe you don't have access to, you know, good help training. You know, maybe it just makes sense to move on and, and be in a more enjoyable situation. You say life's too short, but there is also something to be said for kind of sticking it out and, 
you know, working with a horse and maybe it's more rewarding on the back end of it. You know, you get to know the horse and you, you end up, you know, being glad that you, you kept on for the long haul as opposed to kind of maybe giving up when it wasn't super easy. That's a good point. What about you, Courtney? Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough because, you know, it's not like you're hopping on a four wheeler or driving a car. Like not every horse is for every person. And you see that even with professionals. And so, but I think it's, it is the same thing. Like you've got to figure out if it's to you worth the work that's going to go in, you know, and you've got to kind of decide what is your breaking point? You know, are you going to say, okay, I'm going to try this for three more months for six more months, or I'm going to make it a goal to go get a lesson once a week or even every other weekend to see if this gets better, you know, and maybe get a couple of other opinions or see if somebody else could sit on the horse for you. Um, and just try to help, you know, cause sometimes another set of eyes or somebody saying something a little bit differently might make it click and then make things a bit easier for you. But also like, I don't think that Kathy should feel that she needs to be a better horsewoman or a better rider in order to force this match because especially as an amateur, you know, you're not getting to sit on a ton of horses every day. You know, you do need to be able to enjoy the one horse that you have or two horses that you have. And if you're miserable, you're going to go out there every day and think, God, I have to ride this horse. And so you're already starting with a bad attitude, which it's natural. It's human nature to kind of have that premeditated thought. And, you know, you're just not going to get anything productive done. But also if you decide to sell your horse, like don't let anyone shame you out of it because at the end of the day, it's none of their business. And, you know, your friends should be supportive of you and want you to have the best experience that you can. And if it's not right with that horse, they shouldn't be judging you, you know, because they're not in your shoes. And I feel like I have a friend going through this and that's the biggest thing is she posted her horse for sale for reasons that only about three people knew. And the backlash she got on Facebook, she called me and she's like, do I really need to get rid of this horse? And I was like, yes, you're throwing money into him for no reason. And you don't want to go to the barn anymore. Like it's not right for you. Yeah. That's like miserable and sad. You know, no one should make you feel that way. Jeez. Exactly. We do this because we love it. Not for any other reason, you know? So that would be my advice. No, that's great advice. I'm and. I just want to reiterate, like if you, if the joy isn't there anymore, you know, if you if you are dreading going to the barn because of this your particular relationship with this one horse, life is too short. You know, I I think there's something to be said, like you like you said, Alex, like how big of a problem is it? Is it something that you can endure for a couple more months and there is a light at the end of the tunnel? If if not, you know, there's there's no harm and there's there should be no judgment and and cutting loose and, and trying something else that you know will bring you joy and make you happy. So, because if you're not happy, I'm pretty sure the horse isn't happy either. Absolutely. If you have a question for us and you want to hear more from us, you can always send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. All right, guys, we made it through this episode and I'm so glad you guys were here um and if you want to hear more from us at heels down magazine you can subscribe to the heels down brief at bit.ly slash hd brief and we want to thank equal gold for being our sponsor this week and guys this is it it's time to cheers 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 Cheers.